0: Welcome to Andy and David, the podcast, where we talk about why David's mom keeps sending him chicken memes, and why Andy shaved off his eyebrows. I'm Andy. And I'm David. And today is May 7th, 2020. Today in the news, Asian Hornets invade the Pacific Coast, my asthma restricts breathing for Victorian England, and strippers in Oregon don PPE, personal protective equipment. Entertainers have been hit hard by the shutdown and quarantine, and don't even get me started on drag queens, but we're talking about strippers. Um, in Portland, Oregon, specifically the Lucky Devil Lounge has been shut down due to the coronavirus and quarantine ensuing, and clubs are not eligible for assistance according to the Government Paycheck Assistance Program because they quote unquote present live performances of a prurient sexual nature, and that just means they encourage sex. And strippers specifically, they work gigs, they have no paid time off, and they only live off tips. One club joint came up with a solution to this. It was originally called Boober Eats, but it has since been rebranded, and it is now called Lucky Devil Eats. There is delivery, and they have a drive through location. that They are called Food to Go-Go, and each one has a $30 charge. And the exotic dancers don gloves, temp checks, and even intense sanitation protocols. Um, the situation is still not ideal because not everyone is eligible or have yet received their stimulus check and they cannot rely on the government for protection or resources, they feel. Um, some have mentioned using only fans, but they are still scared of getting sick.
1: So basically, w- <clears throat> what it looks like is the federal government has instituted a... M- <laughs> what, what, what is effectively a moral... a, a, a moral standard for receiving a stimulus check based upon how people in, in, in the federal government feel about the morality of your legal work.
0: Yeah, and, and this, <laughs> is this is it. This is the
1: federal government. It's not Oregon. It, this is the
0: federal government. And um, I don't want to get too political, but I can't say I'm that surprised. Um, but it is unfortunate, but I did find it interesting. Um, the title of one article I found was uh, um, dancing at a drive-through strip club, which I found, well, it it was it was it was it it, it has it ring it 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 has a ring to it, <laughs> um, and they and, and Huffington Post even um, interviewed several different of the um, models at the place, and they all expressed that they were very happy and um, and proud and and um, enjoyed working at the Lucky Devil um, Lounge. But they still didn't feel safe, even with the the family environment that they
1: had. Well, I mean, it it goes without saying that in the United States um, there is kind of a, a a Puritan culture in some places where you know people, especially entertainers and performers who do you know what is traditionally considered exotic work, um, are kind of uh are kind of looked down upon, um, and they don't receive the same kinds of you know, workplace protections and things like that that you would think of, you know, as we come to, you know, normal places. You know, a waitress was gonna have a, you know, has a far less risky type of job than, you know, you know an exotic dancer of some sort. And, you know, we, we put in safeguards for different professions, but nobody does this for exotic dancers. And it's a perfectly legal profession. And it's really sad to me when you absolutely see the federal government come in and basically say, hey, this perfectly legal profession is not going to qualify you know for any type of assistance from the federal government like any other profession might and these are you know these are women in some case men that uh you know that have families that are trying to pay the bills the best they can with you know with the trade that they apply
0: yeah and and we definitely want to hear you guys' thoughts on this because everyone's gonna have a different take on this maybe someone has personal experience with it maybe someone knows someone or maybe just wants their thoughts heard you know you can leave us a comment send us an email um uh so you can even send us a voice message and maybe you'll get featured on the next episode. Who knows? But um, you know, we're we're definitely open to feedback and we wanna hear what you think about this. Um that's all I've got on it though. It's still kind of a developing situation, but because things have just opened back up, but um hopefully it gets better for these young ladies. I hope so also. And not necessarily young, but you know. <laughs> these hey, beautiful women. These
1: beautiful women. And
0: everything in between.
1: And, well, yeah, especially if you're a drag queen. Um, they certainly, you know, we certainly like to think of them as women. Um, but, you know, they, they face a lot of different types of discrimination as well. Oh, yeah, I've
0: quite seen quite a few on TikTok now. So at least at least they're getting some kind of recognition. But um, it's definitely, it's no it's, no, it's no $100 a tips, you know. Um, but uh, what have
1: you got? Some kind of bug oh,
0: infestation?
1: Well, um... Along the Pacific coast, there has been uh, some concern about the Asian hornet. Asian hornet is basically this insanely large hornet. You know, it can be about two inches long with a wingspan of almost three inches. And what the real problem is with this particular particular insect, is not really its size, is uh, so much what it eats. It feeds on insects and what are known as eusocial bees. And it also eats honey. Now, our regular bees that we have here, the you know, the honey bees in you know in America that pollinate our crops and stuff like that, those bees are eusocial, meaning they live in you know they live in groups and they have a very structured hierarchy and so on and so forth. Um and these bees will, or these hornets will go up to the nest, they can kill up to 40 bees per minute, and <clears throat> they will absolutely eat the honey as well. And a few of these hornets can completely destroy a colony. And this has beekeepers as well as, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, biologists and people in the United States really worried because the kind of damage that they can inflict on our agricultural system is insane, the potential that they have. So,
0: um, I know this isn't either here nor there, but please tell me that this is the Pacific Coast
1: of the U.S. and not the Pacific Coast of Florida. Um, there isn't a Pacific coast in Florida, as we're not anywhere near the Pacific Ocean. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We can add that shit out. Um, continue. Um, but uh, basically, I was thinking West Coast. Okay, leave me alone. Okay, continue. So we'll, we'll forgive it this time. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> they've they've been tracking a couple of these things in Washington, and. They're not really a big issue in Japan or in Asia because the Japanese honeybee has a really neat thing oh, I that it does. I've heard about this. Yeah, go ahead. What it'll do is the hornet will come up to the nest and land on the nest. And then the honeybees will basically swarm all the way around it, and they will begin to, to vibrate themselves. And they'll actually kind of crush themselves, and they will raise the temperature yeah. so high that it will kill the hornet but the bees themselves can actually withstand that. Yeah, it
0: like cooks the hornet. I heard about that.
1: Well, the problem here in the United States is that the bees here because they come that. from I England can't do that. They yeah, they don't have that evolutionary effect. So it's it's really concerning that you know, our bees might be basically fair game for these hornets and they'll just come in and yeah. Do so, some really nasty things. Yeah, they'll have
0: to either get the hornets to their control or they may have to introduce Japanese bees and hope they can... Hopefully they either don't become an
1: invasive species or they're compatible with our American bees in terms of mating. And that's possible. We've seen that type of thing with the Africanized bees. Those actually got bred out by our bees. Yeah. Good um, thing, because those are mean fuckers. But oh. probably the worst thing about mm, these these hornets is, other than their size and they're terrifying looking... Yeah. Um, is the fact that their sting is really powerful, and two or three of these things can have the same venom effect as a venomous snake on a human being. About 50 people a year in Japan die from these things. Do
0: they, like, have nests, or are they, like, so low, red right and so low?
1: Uh, from what I was able to see, and yeah, I kind of read Wikipedia, not the greatest person to sight, but hey. Uh, at least they have their sources. We're not, we're not writing paper here. Yep, yeah, but um, I guess they do kind of nest, just like every other hornet does. Okay, uh, not so all hornets could, nest, but, yeah, they do nest. So, yeah, don't don't be the girl who kicked the hornet's nest, okay? You'll end similarly. Especially when you have bees the size of, you know, medium-sized hummingbirds. You, you mean hornets. Hornets, that's correct. Yeah.
0: Oh, I just found a fortune cookie to send a fortune on the floor it says today your charm will have them singing like birds well we'll see we'll see I guess I mean
1: I think I'm charming maybe so okay. but, um, anyway if anybody sees any of these uh, abnormally large hornets um, especially if you happen to be on the Pacific coast but anywhere in the United States um let your let your local wildlife people know in Florida, that's obviously gonna be Florida Freshwater and you know Fish Commission or Florida Wildlife and Game or whatever their name is this yeah, year. Yeah, and
0: they've like actually a super lot of control in Florida, so definitely yeah, they'll, so, they'll yeah. take care of it. Yeah,
1: call the fish police. They will they yes, will book you fish up. Police. Do it. Yeah, fish police. <laughs> I'm sure they probably don't like being called that. <laughs> is that all from you? That's that's that.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna let everyone know about something that sounds a little funny. It's called miasma. And it's not, like, my asthma, like, asthmatics. It's like, it's, okay, it's spelled M-I-S-M-A, my asthma. And basically what it is, it is a, quote-unquote, noxious odor that is, was believed, and some people still is, um, that could cause sickness and disease. Um, there was a quote from someone in Victorian England who even claimed that from inhaling the odor of the butcher's beef, the butcher's wife obtains her obesity. So they, they, they believe that
1: these odors and fumes could do a lot of things. And so, so, um, so, so if I understand you correctly, if you smell the odor of the beef, it can make you fat.
0: Yes, they believe that any sort of bad smell could affect your health. So. And I mean, I understand that the th- this came before germ theory, but even today, like, some people can make sense of, like, okay, yeah, bad smells usually mean bacteria, I could get on board with that. So it, it is understandable, but inherently flawed. Um, and and in, 19th, in the 19th century, it was held by most, if not all, in England and the surrounding area, and some of the 20th century, and now some even in our century, um... Basically they believed that exposure to corrupted air from either a corpse waste or the breath of an already infected individual would cause disease. They got the breath from the already infected individual almost right. Almost right, yeah. The, the actually it's funny because um, when someone's sick, once they die, their body has effectively become the least dangerous it's ever been because they're not breathing. <laughs> they're finally like not expelling like droplets in the air. It's like but then that's when you're worried you're like, "Oh my god, there's a dead body." It's like yeah, that's the safest they've been in the So past they nine were accident- <laughs> yeah,
1: they were accidentally almost right.
0: Exactly. Um and this day was not truly openly disputed disputed until John Snow and his like polluted water thing, which we'll get into in a moment. Um but basically, um some officials and doctors believed that what they called miasms could arise from drainage holes below houses and make people sick and propose that structures similar to the Eiffel Tower be erected to bring fresh air downwards and into homes they believed they could pull the fresh air out of the air and push into the homes to push out these noxious
1: fumes that were supposedly making people sick if you were to do that today you would just pull down all the carbon emissions down into people's homes and make them sick yeah so let's not
0: do that (laughs) um florence nightingale which um is a name most people recognize but cannot place um she was a british social reformer and statistician and the mother and founder of what we consider to be modern nursing she credited measles, smallpox, and scarlet fever to odors rising up from drains below houses. So she even bought this, and she was a nurse, a very um, high, um, highly regarded one. And um, W.H. Duncan, who was the Liverpool chief medical officer at the time, quotedly said, all air three feet and below from the ground is unfit for respiration. So they thought all these noxious odors and smells were like all gathering by their feet and it was unfit to breathe it. And this is kind of understandable because this was during what was called the Great Stink. In London, basically, there was a drought. So basically, all the water dried up. So any like sewage in the drains or in the streets or in the river Thames was just sitting there and baking and stinking. And it basically, it stank to high heaven. No one could stand it. But, so then, anesthetist John Snow, not from, um, the Game of Thrones, from Victorian England. John Snow, um, he was the, he had the most popular and correct alternate theory of polluted water. He believed that, um, that cholera, specifically, was caused by polluted water. And we've all heard, you know, in school, the, the water pump experiment thing, you know what I'm talking about? No. Really? Really. Okay, so there was an outbreak of cholera in this city, and no one could figure out why. And what he did is um, he, I'm not even sure, um, he either infected a specific water pump or he cleaned a specific water pump, but basically he found that everyone was getting cholera from this specific water pump. And so basically when he either blocked off that water pump or people used other ones or or they cleaned it or didn't use that water or whatever, the cholera cases stopped.
1: Okay. And we
0: now know that, yeah, cholera is caused by drinking not good water. Don't Hmm. quote me sciencely, but basically water is a scary color bacteria Yeah, yeah okay and and now we get to the fun part plagues so um, we all have seen that like really scary plague mask thing with the beak and like the doctor and it's like scary and he has a little staff thing you know what I'm talking about
1: something from American Horror Story yeah yeah okay
0: Um, um, and even recently someone was arrested in the United States because they were running around in one of those scaring people, but that's neither here nor there, but, um, the reason they wore those plague masks is because they would take, like, flowers and, like, 50 different, like, oils and, like, powdered viper snake stuff, and they would put it up in the beak of that, and the reason they made it that shape is so that the air would go up in and mingle with that and purify before they breathed it in, because they believed that if they purified these odors, they wouldn't get sick. Again, this was before germ
1: theory. Yep, this because... all seems
0: very ridiculous to us nowadays, but okay. believe me, it has continued into today.
1: We, we have an N95 mask that purifies the air.
0: Well, it filters the air. It doesn't just make it smell nice. Um, some people still today kind of subscribe to this, even if they don't know they do. Some people today who hold pagan beliefs, Believe that miasma is a quote unquote spiritual dirtiness that we attract throughout the day, and recommend cleansing rituals. So it can be kind of religious in some senses.
1: Well, we go and get our sage smudges and. Yeah, so it's, I air. mean that
0: I can I can get that. You know, they're at least they're not claiming like it'll make you sick. They just say you know you should cleanse this before you perform rituals and stuff. So I mean at le at least it's a form of belief and not a form of like they're telling you it's a fact. Okay, mm-hmm. I can at least respect that much. He- here's the truth. Here's the tea. Um. Essential oils. That, that's what we're really talking about here, and we all know. We all Essential know. oils.
1: Like the kind do of they young work? living putting out. Yeah. yeah, do they work?
0: Do they work? Um, essential oils have been used since the beginning of recorded history for medicinal purposes. So it's one of those cases where we have precedent
1: for it, but no evidence for it. Precedent it's, without evidence. It's basically an appeal to tradition. My grandfather's grandmother grandmother used this remedy, and it works.
0: Yeah, and... Um, and many people subscribe to this idea from people from practitioners of various, like, magic and alternative religions to Harvard gra- Harvard graduated lawyers to just the average Joe and Jane Schmo. Um, they all kind of people subscribe to this. They think, you know, these essential oils, they're gonna help me sit. or even if some people just subscribe to the idea that, like, hey, it'll boost my immune system and make me all these things.
1: Never there's, never mind the fact there's, like, there's no, no science behind it. There's no evidence.
0: There's no evidence, and, um, ChildrensMD.org gives six reasons for this, and I'll read them out to you. So the first reason is there's real money in the market.
1: Absolutely, you can Young, make money off this. the The company Young Living is known for its essential oils, and many different times has actually been told to stop advocating that essential oils do some certain thing by the uh, by the FDA, or at least from what I understand. And um, but they make money hand over. Oh fix. yeah,
0: it's a big pyramid scheme. Don't even get me started. Um, the other new reason, number two, is they work sometimes. Um, so certain ones are naturally an antiseptic because of just the chemical makeup of it. Hmm. For example, there is a certain type of, when you dispose of orange waste, like literally the, the citrus, the orange. Hmm. When you dispose of it, there is something called, I believe, laminol or limonol, And um, it doesn't really have a use. And there's not really any really way to dispose of it because it's a byproduct of the disposal of orange waste. So, you know, what they do is they, they sell it as citrus essential oil and people buy it mm-hmm. because like a natural sort of antiseptic. So they, in some cases, it's already like that because like garlic is a natural antiseptic, but no one's telling you to go eat garlic to be cured of cancer because that's crazy. Yeah. It's the same thing. neither um, of these three is because it quote unquote supposedly treats the untreatable. When Western medicine hits a dead end, people want to find something else. They mm. don't want to believe it's over. So they go and seek other things, and you know, um, psychologically they might even feel better because they believe they're doing something. But the the numbers don't say it works. I'm about to say like there's been like so many studies.
1: Steve Jobs that was taking a home remedy for cancer rather than getting cancer treatments that would have saved his life. Yeah, and guess what happened? He died. He died.
0: Yeah. Um, another reason is they just smell nice, they make you feel good, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you're just buying them because they smell nice, then aromatherapy, like, hey, therapy's a thing, it's just not medicine.
1: Yeah, and, and aromatherapy does actually have some science behind it as far as boosting moods and outlooks and stuff like that. But then, so does phototherapy and various other different types of therapy. But those things don't have a physical effect so much uh, on the body, like from a drug standpoint. They have, you know, the, the psychological effect on the body. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to that, believe me. Um, and um
0: the fifth reason but not final is americans don't care they don't care about the numbers they want to feel good they want to feel good about what they're doing and they want to feel good about who they are and they want to feel good about that they're healthy so they don't care what the numbers say because you know the big man's lying to you or you know they're watching you or whatever they just don't care they don't um i'm part opinion and i'm probably not gonna make a lot of friends saying that and um some people might not talk to them anymore but it's, just, it's true. And, um, and also another, another thing on the Americans don't care is it gives you the illusory sense of control. It makes you think, I'm in control of this situation, I'm making myself better, or I'm making myself feel better, or I'm, you know, I'm warding off the evil things that are chasing me. It makes you feel good and feel like you have this sense of control over your life, which is ultimately an, elite, an illusion because we have control over nothing, but don't even get me started on that either. Finally, what is the verdict? I, I'm sure that is what everyone is wondering. Essential oils are harmless. In a, in, in, in essentially, they smell nice, but there's no evidence they do anything. Unless you anything. take the essential
1: oil of Belladonna, then it's not exactly Okay, harmless. yeah,
0: and don't don't cook with essential oils, guys. There's, there's an extract in, a sen- in essential oil. It's, it's very different. It will just taste like chemicals, I promise you. Do not <laughs> put essential oil in your food. It's very bad. Um, and use it sparingly. You don't need five drops. Three will do. Um, um, And um, basically, it's an unregulated drug. It's a drug that maybe does nothing, but at the end of the day, essential oils are just an unregulated drug. And that's the verdict on my part. So, but feel free to discuss, or, you know, Dave, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I've looked into, you know, to a lot of, like, the essential oil claims and stuff like that, um, as I was like examining critical thinking and the claims, you know, that people make that are kind of, you know, like miracle cures. And they come in all forms and they have their, you know, their different moods and their different flavors throughout, you know, throughout the decades. If you kind of look back on them, you know, the, the essential oils was really kind of like an early 2000 thing. I can barely remember it, but I remember even my mother kind of subscribing to the idea. Um, I think before, you know, before essential oils were... Um, I think I remember my grandmother had all of these copper bracelets and, like, copper socks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah,
0: and that's made a comeback, too, mm-hmm. the copper.
1: Yeah, there was... There's and, also no and, evidence
0: for that, just you know.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, you know, the different fads come and go. Um, but ultimately, you know, you just look for that little ad, you know, these statements have not been, you know, evaluated by the FDA. This product is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease, things like that. Um, you know, science-based medicine works. It goes through a lot of rigorous testing. Um, you know, why would I go and eat the bark off an oak tree, you know, to get rid of my headache because it has, you know, the, this yes, the, the you know, oak trees are where we used to get you know, the chemical called aspirin, um, but we make it synthetically now. It's the same thing, um, but it's pure. And, you know, a lot of the chemicals and stuff like that that we use to make pharmaceuticals you know, in the lab, are pure. Why would I? Why would I go for the home remedy when the Vicodin is right there at the pharmacy? And you know, if the doctor agrees mm-hmm. that that's what I need, that's what I go get.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm not by no means telling you you can't go make oak bark tea. I mean, like, do. Do you, man? Like, like if if you know for sure it's gonna help you, or if you just feel like it's gonna help you, like I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just saying. Don't let people fool you and tell you, like, this is the miracle, this is the sunscreen, this will save you.
1: And people will take advantage of that. If they feel like you're vulnerable or sick or something like that, they will absolutely take advantage of you. I mean, think of the diet pills of the 80s. Oh, yeah. And um,
0: don't even... Okay, okay, okay. So get me started. Okay. So um, the copper socks, the copper compression socks. You know, I'm probably going to get a target on my head, but whatever. Um, The copper socks. Um if you watch those commercials all these people are making claims and all this stuff like magnificent claims like my back pain is gone i can get through the day i'm happy i'm all adjusted my marriage is back together my children love me i'm off drugs you know, wh- whatever they like bank accounts yeah banned. like i received a thousand dollars on the street and all this crazy you know whatever they say i know i'm exaggerating but um if you look at the bottom of the screen it even says right there it says these results are not typical nor should be expected. Or something along those lines. It literally says that these results that they are advertising with are not the average or typical results and should not be expected from
1: your socks. And that's so that when it doesn't work, you can't see
0: Exactly, them. exactly. And I mean, supposedly these people are not paid actors because it's not disclaimed. But... I, I, mean, I mean, make your own conclusion, but I mean, or, you know, tell, tell us about it. If you have some experience where it helped you or, or it didn't or it's a sham or, it, it, or it's real or if you want to argue for or against, hey, all kinds, all kinds. You, if you want to tell me how essential oils saved your life, message me. Send us a message. Send us an email. Subscribe. Hey, send us a voice message. Maybe you'll be in next week's video um, or a podcast or whatever. You know, we want to hear it. We're not, we're not telling you to shut up. We're telling you, you know, talk to us because we have, we have stuff to say because we're talking about whatever we want. That's whole, that's the whole thing. So, um, do you have anything else, David? Uh, no, no. I think I'll have to bring another story next time. I agree. I think that'd be really interesting. Until next time, this has been Andy and David. If you like the show, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss new episodes. And feel free to email your questions, comments, or cease and desist notices at Andy and David podcast at mail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time.